Hello, how are we? Hope everyone is good. I've had a crash back to, to reality this week. It's very, very cold in this country and I hear that power is now very, very expensive. <laughs> so if you, you probably can't see this, but I am bundled up in, in so many layers, uh, just getting ready to uh, to go through all of your wins and your Q&As from this week. Do you know what? I'm going to put this in podcast style. One, because I'm going to predict that it's going to be quite long. And also, I know a couple of you are having social media hiatus is that still a word or was that only in context of one direction but i know a couple of you are having social media hiati hiatuses and you still want to get your cwc experience you still want to to get your your boost and your motivation from the week so we'll put it in the in the podcast and you can catch up on the go on your commute while you're prepping food while you're on the cross trainer wherever you wherever you listen to to your podcast so let's go through the wins first and then there are loads and loads and loads of questions these are all from last week which is amazing so we'll, uh, we'll go through. Um, let's go from the client wins to start with. Since being back on Sunday night, I got back, I got right back into it with food and sleep pattern. So since then I've been 100% on target. While away, while away, I pretty much tried to stick to my breakfast slash lunch meals loosely, the same at home, which gave me that bit more flexibility when it came to the evening meal and drinks. And I tried not to be too hard on myself as I wanted to enjoy my holiday and still be able to have that balance without the guilt which I feel I did really well and I didn't miss out. Being able to apply what is being suggested is a superpower in its own. And I know we talk about actionable steps and what you can do while you're away. And in this client's instance, she wanted to go away for, for a couple of days, really, really enjoy herself, but not feel as though she, she'd completely moved away from her normal uh, patterns of eating and her normal habits. She worked really, really hard to, to get down to a point where, where she was, was happy to go away. We used that as a milestone and a marker to set some targets, which she achieved. And it's really great to hear that she was right back into her, her usual her usual routine on the on the Sunday night into Monday and this is really really key it's the reset that is is one of the main things that I ask ladies to focus on going away I actively encourage it like go away enjoy time with your friends your family take time change is as good as a rest and I'm if anyone can fully advocate that at the moment that is me but we do need to make sure that when we come back if you still have goals that you want to work towards and you want to achieve that that we reset back into this and this is why the kind of 80 20 principle though it really works kind of 90 10 if you 90 percent of your 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 week or your month your year is made up of of habits and choices that are in line with your with your general goals and yet a little bit of that is for you to let your hair down enjoy yourself I would argue that actually having that 10% makes you more on point and more focused for the for the 90. So well done you, really, really pleased. And what this also does, I believe, is build a lot of trust with, with clients in themselves so that they don't worry about going away. They don't worry about long weekends. They don't worry about impromptu meals. They don't worry about last minute holidays because they know that when they go away and then crucially when they come back, it's not going to disrupt things in, in the grand scheme. So that's really, really important. You're building that trust. You're learning how to, to get the best of both worlds. And I'm really, really pleased. 
and uh, this one had had two getting straight back to working out and nutrition after being sick uh, there was a time when I would have just packed in and used illness as an excuse to quit and the second part of this that I really really liked the question that asked what improvements do you want to want to make this week she said nothing I can think of I feel pretty good and getting back on track properly next week is my goal if a client can turn around to me and say do you know what I had a really really good week I just want to repeat that that's a phenomenal place to be absolutely brilliant I love it next one the biggest win is the change in my mindset as to the week I've just had and acknowledging that things don't always go to plan and you might not hit all of your daily targets but you just need to regroup write down write down the meal and training plan and get back going again rather than beating yourself up and missing steps and training so it's all in the reset isn't it next one biggest win was the ability to refocus myself even when excuse the language the shit hit the fan my biggest area needing attention um, is finding that time to go to the gym so nail that planning side of it but definitely it's finding for both of these ladies it's finding that middle ground between between extremes between being completely on the wagon and off it perfection doing nothing at all and tell you what yeah we get sick we get busy that's a, a little thing called life and it's managing to to find ways around that and and making sure that we are doing the best that we can in any in any given circumstance next one just feeling now week on week that i'm so, seeing so many physical changes in myself i noticed i can see the whole lap belt in the car now i said to my auntie the other day who commented on how amazing i looked that i just felt very much more healthy super uh, sorry a very much more healthy and supercharged version of me i was always concerned losing body fat or becoming fit would feel like changing into a different person but i feel like i'm becoming more of who i always was how incredible is that I think it's one of those things that we do get worried about in some ways about how we will feel when we when we lose weight when we change our our shell when we change the physical perception of how we have always looked do you know one of the best things about fat loss in that stance though is that it does happen fairly gradually it's not like we suddenly well not if you work with me it's not as if i'm going to crash diet you down to the realms of starvation so that your body changes is overnight you have time to adapt and yes you are changing but I think we can all agree you're changing from the better and that might take a little bit of getting used to for sure but the fact that you say that you feel more I just feel like I'm becoming more of who I always am like that was there how you want to be was always always there perhaps it was just uh, overshadowed by other things guilt as it was maybe overshadowed by you know, lack of confidence or a lack of self-belief or and now that you are equipped with that you are feeling feeling more more you and that's incredible next one i've been very very adherent this week i've been less interested in snacking as well i've been finding a protein bar and a cup of tea sorts the cravings out no problem which is a huge change for me as a former binge eater i think i'm i think my happier mindset is also helping with this i haven't needed to eat my emotions incredible honestly and that's not something that happens overnight if you're someone who has grappled with and struggled with binge eating tendencies in the past you'll know how how difficult that struggle can be how it feels sometimes like it's always going to be that way it's always going to be a hamster wheel you're never going to get out of it and it's so amazing to hear that you you have made changes that have really made you 
understand the difference between those behaviours and the ones you implement now. And yet yeah, it does take practice, of course it does. It takes support and it takes time as always to to build that up but it's definitely something that's doable and I think that's really encouraging for anyone at the moment who feels that they have uh, any kind of extreme patterns of eating any kind of binge tendencies or you have in the past like it does definitely does not always have to be that way you just need to equip yourself with the right tools in order to to overcome that and that's something that we can definitely definitely teach you and help you with and support you and communicate with you through through all of that so it's definitely doable next one the biggest win was the snack revelation of turning to a healthier option uh, for sugar cravings i know protein bars aren't potentially ideal but if i'm going to snack i like the fact that it always that it helps and also helps me achieve my protein target at the same time i could have put this in the question box actually and inherently like protein bars aren't aren't quote unquote bad nothing is it's always the nuance in it it's always the context so if you were saying to me caroline i'm having a protein bar instead of a whole packet of biscuits goes without saying i'm probably going to say amazing that protein bar is by far the the option that's going to be more in line with your goals if you're saying you know you might choose something else maybe that'll come within time but if you're finding yourself in a rhythm and you're finding that you can factor that into the day you can factor it into your calories it's not knocking you off it's something that you enjoy and it's helping you work towards your goals keep doing it no issue whatsoever and um, but the fact that you are being open-minded enough to to find different alternatives when it comes to snacking options that's that's brilliant last one this is so good this week so so good this week i'm about to move into a fat loss phase and for the first time in i think forever i've not binged in the knowledge of beginning of that beginning whereas i previous would previously would have eaten loads of rubbish before one began sorry i've completely butchered that let's start again i'm about to move on to a fat loss phase and for the first time in i think forever i've not binged in the knowledge of beginning of beginning one whereas previously i would have eaten loads of rubbish before it began total win for me and i was so pleased with myself when i realized i didn't have any urges to do so whatsoever incredible this is the thing about fat loss phases and i think this always this doesn't get enough credit i don't think and it doesn't get enough kind of push on things like social media but i genuinely 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 believe you need to be in an incredible headspace before you start a fat loss phase you need to be doing things for the right reasons you need to be relaxed in your relationship with food you need to be clear on your outcomes and why you're doing it you need to be willing to accept that at any point you can change your mind and that's absolutely fine and you need to have the right support people jump into a fat loss phase just because it's monday and i don't believe that they give themselves enough time to really get to grips with with what that means why they're doing it and and why it's important to them for that period of time i know i've probably gone on about this enough but you've not if you have not listened to the podcast on phasing fat loss maintenance and uh, surplus phases please go and do that even if you are just even considering going to fat loss phase in future even if you kind of feel like you're in one now but you you don't really know what the difference between that and maintenance is if you're not a client of mine and that's the case please go and listen to that right away it's the podcast i think it's a couple below here um go and listen to that and familiarize yourself with the with the difference between between those phases and be really really clear why fat loss phase would be would be appropriate for you at this time being happy before you go into one being not even i mean i'm not saying you need to be you know 
swing. I was going to say swinging from the branches. I don't think that's the right the right phrase. You don't need to be, you know, ecstatic. You don't need like the whole world doesn't need to be rose tinted glasses. And you don't. But I do think you need to be in a very very content place because you are going to push yourselves into realms of discomfort. And it's a lot easier to push into that discomfort if you're starting from a place that is is very very content that discomfort then relatively isn't as as extreme or it isn't as as difficult to cope with so yeah the fact that we are going to go into a fat loss phase we've been talking about it actually for a few weeks so you've known it's coming up we've put good practices in place you've managed to flip your your mindset around what that will what that will mean you've managed to kind of make your peace with it and actually in this check-in this client asked me what can I do to start this now? What can I do to start the process off positively? So I put some steps in place to, to do that so that her transition into fat loss is nice and steady. And yeah, I'm really, really, really pleased. So shall we go into a couple of the questions? There's some fun ones actually, which I'll answer at the end, but there's there's quite a few questions which I would like to, I'd like to cover. So the first one, how important are supersets and what actually is the purpose of them? I went to the gym at a peak time this week and it was impossible to do supersets because the equipment wasn't available. I just had to do them in a random order depending when they were free. Okay, I'll split this up into a couple of questions. How important are supersets and what actually is the purpose of them? Okay, so if you work with me, you'll know I'm mad, mad, mad for supersets. Supersets are an incredibly effective and efficient way of, of working in the gym. If you're goal is to burn fat and to build muscle if you don't want to spend forever in the gym and you want to maximize the the efficiency of of your workout they're an incredible tool to use so what supersets generally are are two exercises performed back to back you have your rest after so instead of let's use an example doing 10 reps on a leg press having a rest doing 10 reps on a leg press having a rest etc etc you might perform a leg press supersetted with a static lunge and in that instance you would do your leg press you jump straight off the machine you go straight into your lunges and only after you finished both exercises would you then have your rest so you are doing a high volume of work in a short period of time you're asking a lot of the body the rep range is high the volume is high you're asking a lot and you're resting thereafter it tends to be that your rest periods are I keep them quite short as well anywhere between 45 and 60 seconds so supersets are a brilliant brilliant tool there are various types of supersets so without going too deep into it you could work the same muscle group in a superset you could work opposing muscle groups so your muscles always come in pairs whether it be your biceps your triceps your hamstrings your quads your core and your lower back that your muscles will come in pairs you can do supersets that work opposing pairs you could hit a muscle from a different angle you could hit the same muscle in a different way it's really really it's if you can geek out on this stuff, it can be really, really interesting. And like I say, I find it adding a great way to develop training, to learn to deal with training load. And like I say, to get the most out of your session. So yes, supersets are, are a brilliant way to, to be working. Um, I went to the gym at peak time and it was impossible to do supersets between the equipment wasn't available. Okay, I would slightly contest that in that I once had an absolute wonderful coach but they once gave me supersets that were effectively different machines. So it was like jumping between two different machines in, in one superset. And I think we can all agree that in a busy gym, that's nigh on impossible. 
to uh, like to acquire two machines, hope that the two machines are vaguely close to each other and jump on them. It's, it's very, very difficult to do. So for that reason, none of my supersets generally involve using two pieces of, of equipment like that. It's usually a machine and a dumbbell or a machine and a barbell. And it's something that you can set up. You're gonna take everything that you need, you're gonna pop it next to the machine that you're using, and you're gonna jump between those between those two pieces of kit. Is that normal practice even in a busy gym? Yes, people wouldn't get annoyed at that. Or if they are, then they don't really know that you're actually trying to be more efficient than just using the machine and resting. And if they are, and if they give you a bit of a raised eyebrow about that, when you're performing your second exercise, your dumbbell, your barbell work, whatever that may be, suggest that they jump on the, the machine at that time. And that's a really, really good way to work in with someone. So you'll notice that none of my supersets demand or ask for two machines. It's you generally jumping off and doing something next to the machine. And in order to speed that up, take everything that you need and pop it next to it. And that's the way to do it. If you really, really, really cannot do that, um, I just had to do things in a random order depending on things when things were free. Try and do them in the order that they are prescribed. And what you would do if you've got a superset and you can't perhaps perform it, you would do your you'd do your reps and you would shorten the rest period. So say for instance, I'm giving you a leg press followed by that static lunge. What you would do is you do your leg press, but you'd maybe only have 30 seconds rest period before you go into your leg press again. And as soon as possible, you're gonna jump off the machine, you're gonna go over and you're gonna go into your static lunges and do, do your leg press separately, then do your static lunges. Try and keep in the order as much as possible. But you know I've talked about this loads and loads and loads on Q&As. I get that in a busy gym, practicality is gonna trump perfection. And if you need to move exercises around and in the order, then yeah, don't be hanging around and waiting on pieces of kit for five minutes at a time. The next one, I've been feeling really bloated slash sluggish since returning from holiday. It's been slowly improving, but I don't feel back to my usual. Um, I'm wondering if I, there's anything I can do to speed this up or I'm wondering if the start of my period has impacted this also. Yeah, I would suggest that it's possibly something to do. This is why we track your cycle in your client logs. This is why they're there so we can generally see any recurring patterns that are going on with your time of the month, what that means for you. Obviously, that's going to be on a completely, completely personal level. I wouldn't worry too, too much. If you've just returned from holiday, give it a couple of days. One of the things that will generally have happened is that you're going from let's say your normal pattern of eating into potentially something different while you've been away and then you're returning again to your normal pattern of eating and those changes in food volume, food timing, food type, maybe while you're away particularly if you're somewhere hot I really noticed that I was eating more fresh fresh fruit, I was eating way, 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 way more veggies than normal, drinking more than normal, like all of these things are going to cause any change to the diet over a short period is going to cause, um, I don't even want to use disruption, I just, it might feel slightly disrupted for a couple of days, but things really should settle. The other thing, if you have been on a flight, this happened to me on the way back from Mexico, hadn't eaten a load, like hadn't eaten a lot of food but felt incredibly bloated, incredibly uncomfortable, um, just I think with a long flight. And also it happened to be overnight, which really skewed off things like sleep pattern. Oh God, I paid for this at the weekend. 14 hours sleep. I don't know how the dog managed to hold his bladder for that length of time, but I slept for 14 solid hours. And just a knock-on effect of irregular sleeping pattern as well. So that may be playing a role. So in, in kind of order, look at hormones, look at how 
eating patterns have changed since you've been away and since you come back. Was it anything to do with your flight? I would just get back into the swing of things. Make sure fiber is nice and high. Make sure you're moving your body. Hydration is, is up there and that would be a brilliant, brilliant place to start. Next one. This wasn't so much a it was a question. It was a question on Instagram where a client had sent me a training video of something they'd seen on Instagram and it was a lovely lady performing a hip thrust on a Smith machine and she asked me what did I think of this? Is it something that she should include and you know what are the advantages to, to using a Smith machine for, for a movement like this? So I'll be completely honest, it's not something that I have done specifically in terms of hip thrusts on the Smith machine purely because the one in the Dundee gym, the Smith machine, doesn't allow you to put the bar low enough for me to actually, like you actually can't take the safeties off the, the bottom so you can get the bar low enough to actually perform these. And that is the only reason why I haven't actually tried that in that setting. Now, why would a, a Smith machine for a movement like that be advantageous or otherwise? As soon as you do something on a smith what you're essentially doing is you're taking out the the need for you to to balance basically so if you think about a smith machine squat versus a, a barbell squat the reason that that feels different is that there is no reason for you to have to balance that bar on your back you don't necessarily need to to brace the same way you don't need to be you know if you get stuck at the bottom of a smith machine it's relatively easy just to, to pop the bar back and that's you you're good the same can be said for for lunges it allows you to focus on strength more than balance because the plane of motion is just as simply up and down that's all it is same with a military press if you're doing any kind of press on a on a smith all you're doing is pressing up and down the need for you to actually balance compared to say a dumbbell press is is reduced you can focus solely on strength the same principle would be the same for a hip thrust machine. So even if I, hip thrust machine, hip thrust, even though I've not performed this in this way myself, I'm going to hazard a very, very educated guess that you do not need to balance the bar on your hips. So there's a degree of stability that's mitigated from that exercise by doing it on a Smith machine. So you may be able to focus more on intensity and keeping tension in the glutes because you're not needing to practice or you're not needing to focus on balancing that bar across your hips so much. When you do that, everything needs to be blazing. Your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves, even to an extent, your core needs to be braced, your, your breathing needs to be on point. When you're doing a conventional hip thrust, all of these things are, are at play because of all the stability that is going on. If you take that away and you focus just on the kind of the upward and downward motion, what that may allow you to do on a Smith is to keep more tension in the glutes for longer periods. I would personally be trying when you're, if you try that, to keep your hips higher for longer, so you don't need to come down as low, as low in the, in the thrust. So you're practicing working at say the top, the top fifty percent of the exercise, and really keeping that tension in the glutes. If I was to use this exercise as part of a program, I would potentially have you doing conventional hip thrusts one day and Smith machine hip thrusts on another. For the, the one with the conventional, we'd be focusing on pushing weight. So really, really working on the strength element of it. And for the Smith, I would be going for volume and tension. So higher volume, potentially lighter weight, but maintaining, as I say, reducing the range of motion working in that top range. And that's really, really gonna get those glutes firing. So yes, we definitely need to try this and I'd be all for you trying it, but I would do it outside of your normal barbell hip thrust. I wouldn't necessarily replace your barbell hip thrust 
with this exercise. I would watch as well, slightly, um, and I'm not so much with this exercise, but take everything that you see on social media with a slight pinch of salt. What I believe people are generally trying to do on social media a lot of the time is make things look more interesting or put a different spin on exercises than the conventional. Sometimes it's like dressing things up, you know, that bit on Love Actually when Rowan Atkinson's like, he just wants the present wrapped and Rowan Atkinson's doing that, like he's got the bag and he's putting on the extra crap and it's got all the potpourri and he's spraying it with perfume, blah, 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 blah. Watch that the Instagram videos aren't doing that equivalent with exercise. Watch that they're not just dressing up for the sake of dressing up. And remember, the basics are the basics for the reason. For the, the basics are the basics for a reason. Nail the basic movement patterns. Find out which ones really, really work for you. And it sounds really boring, but if you rinse and repeat those movements over and over and over again, apply progressive overload, look to push the weight force the body to adapt, that's where the results are happening. Not because you've learned to do a shoulder press with some weird variation whereby, I mean, just watch Don't Injure Yourself with a lot of these variations, all I'd say, but just, just take that with a pinch of salt and just when you're watching something, the best thing that you can possibly do, and what I do is when I'm watching something that I've maybe not seen on Instagram before, I'll be like, okay, well, mechanically, what is the benefit of that? or the way that they're performing that, what is the benefit or what potentially could be working more for them that the conventional version is missing. And if you can answer that question with what feels like a, you know, a suitable hypothesis or a suitable reason, then yeah, by all means, give it a go. If it looks as though they're just trying to make it a little bit more fancy, then maybe, maybe reconsider. It's not that we're trying to make things boring, it's that we're trying not to waste your time by dressing certain exercises up. This happened a lot during lockdown, but this was more from the point of view that we we're trying to keep everyone kind of mentally stimulated. You'll probably notice that there are about a hundred different variations of a conventional squat floating around Instagram during, during lockdown. And that was because trainers were doing their absolute utmost to keep everyone as, as, uh, yeah, stimulated as, as possible mentally more than anything that it was doing for you physically. So yeah, that was a brilliant, brilliant question. And I love inquisitive questions like that. I think it's a really good, um, you're showing a lot of consideration around the practices that we do and why we do what we do. And the more that we question things and the more that we're clear on why we are following the principles that we are and the more that you're clear on why this is effective the more likely you are I believe to put 110% into that so amazing next one this was a client who by her own admission had perhaps missed a couple of targets this week and she is going away on holiday and she'd missed a couple of targets this week and at the end of her check-in had asked the following what happens now in terms of my progress for timelines I have 16 weeks now until Ibiza and then the next question is, how often do you increase weights? But let's focus on this one first. What happens now in terms of my progress and timelines? Nothing changes. Just because you have had potentially a week where you haven't hit the targets that you normally do, that is not the point in which I go, okay, well, we need to increase the intensity now. We need to pull your calories down because you missed them last week. We need to up your training because you missed it last week. Like That is no, absolutely not the way that I would address it. What I would normally do is I'd sit down and say, okay, well, why did this happen? And how can we mitigate or stop it happening in future? What can we learn from this that we can apply going forward? And 
yeah, definitely it's not time just because you've potentially missed a couple of markers for me to then go full on bad cop and actually make it harder for you to do that. That's not logical. It's not. Let's hit what's been set and let's do that consistently over time. And the next one, how often do you increase your weights? I do them every time. However, I'm unsure if I'm increasing too quickly. Okay. Massive caveat, form is always going to be king. If you are, if whatever you're doing is compromising your form, then that's a good indication that uh, things aren't, aren't, they're maybe going a little bit too fast or you're maybe accelerating progress a little bit too quickly. Ideally, you want your first rep of a set to be as similar to the last rep as absolutely possible. Form shouldn't break down anywhere between there. They should be as similar as possible. If you're unsure, film and look at your own form. However, do not, hey boo, how are you? Um, however, do not put a glass ceiling on yourself. Do not say to yourself, oh, you know, I've been putting my weights up every week from now on, you know, things feel pretty good, but I'm probably putting them up too quickly, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna reduce that. Absolutely not. If you can do more, do more. The reason that I employ progressive overload models with you guys and principles is to allow you the capacity or the opportunity to explore new weights, to move up, to be trying, to increase rep range if you can't do weights, all of these things. But if I'm for, if I am personally following a, a progressive training plan or I'm wanting to increase strength, build muscle, etc., how often do I increase my weights? Every time. I try to increase them every time. And if I can't increase rep, increase weight, I'll increase rep range. You'll notice that it's significantly easier to increase some weights on some body parts more than others. So what's a really good example? You might find that you're, you manage to put a little bit of weight on your, your barbell squat every time, but your dumbbell lateral raises kind of stall around the, I don't know, four, five, six, seven kilo mark, eight kilos. That's perfectly normal. If you think about the muscle groups that are employed doing a squat, one, it's a compound lift, so there's lots of muscle groups at play at any given time, but also they're bigger muscles. So you're employing your quads, your glutes, your hamstrings, your bracing, all of this is working, all of it is firing one go. Your dumbbell lateral raise as a you know, as a comparison is a very, very small muscle and you're asking it to, to work in one plate of motion. So by a byproduct of that is it's probably not going to be able to achieve the same kind of progressive overload that you can on those bigger muscle groups and that's okay don't worry about it it's more of a more of an accessory movement although you know i love big shoulders absolutely do um but you can't really increase things too quickly however bear in mind form above all uh, my win is oh Oh, this is, this is a win, but also a question. My win is getting all sessions in and I just want to get a better understanding of what type of calories I should be including in my diet. Is more protein better? Okay. Do you know what? There are so many questions. Is it? Yeah, there are so many questions here. I've been going on for half an hour. I'm going to save these because actually that's something that I could go into in quite a bit of detail. But ladies, this has been absolutely phenomenal. I've got more here that I'm going to go through. I'll go through them on Thursday, Friday-ish and we'll do some more. But this has been absolutely incredible. You're all doing so well at the moment. There's definitely been a bit of renewed and a bit more oomph going into check-ins over the last week. I think because so many of you have either, if you've not got weddings coming up yourself, 
as in you, if you aren't a bride, then you are going to a wedding or you're a bridesmaid or something similar, or you've recently booked a holiday or you've got a weekend away, all of these things. Like everyone has a real focus at the moment, which I'm absolutely loving. I cannot get enough of seeing what you've been up to the last week. Like it's really, when I know someone's been away and then I know I'm waiting on their check in the next week and I want to know like how their, their trip was, but also how they transitioned back into it. Like this is all, it's a really, really exciting time and it's brilliant that you've got this degree of, of focus. And I think that the wins and the things that we've been going through and the like the, the questions that you've been asking and the calibre of them is a reflection on how into sessions and nutrition and doing all of this is that everyone is at the moment, which is uh, which is brilliant. In terms of what is coming up over the next little while, there's quite a lot of changes. Um, positive. There's always positive changes. I always feel like I'm saying this. Um, but there are lots of changes going to be coming up in the... Lots of changes on the cards in the upcoming weeks, which is really, really exciting. And you know you guys will be the first to first hear about it in the group, as as is ever. Um, I'll pop this video on. I know that some of you like to watch the the video. I know that a lot of you like to listen on the go. You mentioned that in a in a previous poll. So I'll make sure that this is available in, in podcast form. If you have listened to this and you found it useful, do me the biggest favor in the whole wide world and screenshot and share it. And the more questions that we have coming in, the more people we have listened to the podcast, the better that it's going to get. And hopefully you get value from it. If you have, then that would be absolutely wonderful from my perspective. It does a massive, massive help for the podcast. You can actually, to make things easier for yourself as well, you can subscribe. So if you scroll down and you subscribe, just hit the wee five star rating as well that would be that really pushes things up but if you can subscribe you don't need to watch out for these videos they will just automatically appear in your downloaded list which will always give you something to something to listen to when you are driving or maybe you want a really good start to your day I started listening to a podcast so I put my first podcast on at half past five in the morning when I am drinking my first cup of coffee oh but I'm trying to give up coffee or no no I'm not trying to give up coffee because I'm not going to be that ridiculous and extreme but I'm trying to reduce my coffee so my first one in the morning is actually decaf so my first coffee is about 6 a.m and is decaf because I noticed that it's not actually the coffee itself sometimes I'll make one and then I'll get really really into whatever I'm doing in the morning and I'll forget to drink it but I noticed that I've really really woken up and I think it's the smell so I've started having a decaf in the morning and then my first one about 8 9 a.m is it Warren Buffett that's supposed to do it? there is some entrepreneur anyway this incredible well really significant I can't remember who it was but I read somewhere apparently the most successful people in the world do this that they don't have their first caffeine hit till later in the morning so I'm gonna try it you know act out what you what you want to be and build that um build that lifestyle so I only have my first cup of coffee at 9am now and then I just had one yesterday afternoon about 1 30 p.m which is massive hugely uh hugely huge um what am I trying to say massive step forward for someone who kind of used to live and breathe monster so the Mexican sun has given me an opportunity to to reset and address that so that is uh, that's what I'm up to but anyway aside from my caffeine habit you'll find this in the in the Facebook group and on the podcast it was wonderful to catch up with you all I'll jump back in and do the rest of these questions because they're actually gold um but there's quite a few so let's not rabbit on for too long wonderful I'll chat to you all very soon <laughs>